Welcome to Pharmacy View Podcast, where we provide regular interviews with pharmacists and key people within Australian pharmacy and the associated global industry. In this stream of podcast episodes, we discuss with our guests the full scope of leadership tools that go into building the Pharmacy Leaders Toolbox for team and career success. I am your host, Chantelle Turner, pharmacist, leadership coach, and founder of Turn Pharmacy Leadership. My guest today is proudly brought to you by Shopfront Solutions for all your shelf and digital marketing needs, part of the Aerion Technologies Group. Hello, everyone. Today, I am super excited to have the National President of the Pharmaceutical Society of Australia, a Senior Lecturer and Coordinator of International Engagement at Curtin University, a practicing community pharmacist and also a pharmacy proprietor as well. Uh, I am truly honoured to have Dr. Faye Sim with me today to discuss all things leadership. So welcome, uh, Dr. Sim. It's really great to have you here. Thank you, Chantelle, and, and thank you to Turn Pharmacy Leadership for uh, the invitation. And you can just call me Faye. Ah, thank you so much, Faye. That's great. So I am really excited to really pick your brain a little bit today about leadership and uh, what lessons you might have learnt along the way and what tools and wisdoms we can impart to our listeners as well. So to begin with, let's start at the start. Who is Faye Sim and, and what's your pharmacy story? Thank you, Chantal. Um, so as, as you very kindly gave an introduction about my current role, uh, I'm, and, and usually when I introduce myself, I just say I'm, I'm a pharmacist because I think that that's, that's who I feel I am. And the many things that I'm doing at the moment, whether it's in academia, at university, or uh, with the society for the profession or in the pharmacy, it all comes back to just me being a pharmacist, really. And I really feel like these different roles really help me to complement, uh, they really complement Complement each other in terms of what I can and what I can't do, and I just think that um, the the combination is really something that that really keeps me going. So that's so in terms of what's my pharmacy story. Um, for those of you who who have actually uh, read my, um, there was an interview done. Uh, it was about uh, twelve months ago when I was first elected as the national president. At uh, this time last year, mm-hmm. there was an interview um, about my pharmacy journey at the time. So those of you who have actually read that would know that my initial long time ago, my plan when I first finished year twelve was to do medicine. But because of personal reasons and also financial reasons, at that time, I decided to do pharmacy instead with a view to do medicine after I finished pharmacy. But as soon as I started in first year pharmacy, I just never looked back, never applied to go back to medicine, never considered doing that. And I just sort of one thing led to another and led to where I am today. Oh, and how lucky are we that you you stayed? <laughs> so that's fantastic. So along your journey, um, I guess, what were some of the roles that you had or what were some of the, the lessons around leadership that, that led you to where you are now? Thank you, Shanta. That's a very good question. Now, now, first of all, you mentioned how lucky 
um, you know, I think I'm the lucky one. Because <laughs> I really genuinely feel that the pharmacy profession has given me a lot um, in terms of, you know, career satisfaction and making me feel very rewarded as well in, in this career. So I actually feel like I'm a beneficiary. And I do want to take this opportunity to acknowledge, um, you know, the, the leaders in the pharmacy profession already, um, including those who may have retired and those that are still, you know, practicing at the moment. Because I think one thing about pharmacy is that pharmacy has it's like a very tight-knit family mm. um, I always say this one day of pharmacy forever pharmacy in your heart we may be practicing in various different places doing various different roles but it sort of runs in the blood and every time I know every pharmacist when they hear about oh you're a pharmacist as well everybody just gets quite excited so I do think that um, in that regard it, it is a very rewarding career so I do think mm. I'm actually one. Um, now, what what do I think about leadership? I, I actually want to, this is something that, you know, when when a lot, like say my students or early career pharmacists are asking me about leadership, I actually feel strongly that leadership is on a spectrum. Leadership is a journey. There is no one milestone or one check or one line where you go, oh, I'm, I've reached there, I've crossed there, therefore I'm a leader or therefore I'm not yet a leader. It mm. doesn't in my mind, it doesn't work like that because I feel leadership is um, a journey. It's on a spectrum. It doesn't matter at what stage um, of our career, where we are. And even, even you know, you might feel, you know, for pharmacy students, even when they're a student, there is always leadership um, opportunity in every role that we play. Mm -hmm. It may be slightly different. The roles that um, we play might be quite different, but leadership is 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 really on the spectrum. And at every stage of your pharmacy career, um, I always say this, you can always be, in a lead, be a leader at where you are, and you can always be a mentee to someone at the same time as being a mentor to someone else. And I think that is something that I would challenge every um, one of your um, audience who's listening to this to really ponder about what they can do in their current situation and current circumstance. How can they be a leader in their own right? And how can they be a mentor to someone else? And how can they be a mentee to someone else? Because it's only then that we can live in a symbiotic, um, you know, relationship and 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 that we, we we work as a team. Oh, I love that. And couldn't have said it better myself. I too subscribe to the idea that leadership is this spectrum. It's this continuum uh, as well. And as we go through our careers, what leadership means to us and how we demonstrate leadership really evolves and it changes and adapts as well. So I'm curious on that note, Thinking back to your early career pharmacy days, how was leadership different back then for than what it is for you now? Yeah, that's a good question as well. So I remember when I was an early career pharmacist, um, so immediately after graduation, I thought to myself, right, what can I do now? Because at the moment I was, you know, obviously I finished my internship, I got my registration to practice as a pharmacist, was very excited. But I've always felt at that point in time, now we're talking about this is in 2009. Mm -hmm. So I felt very strongly to myself, I asked myself, what's next? How can I do more? And I'm always very big on, I'm a big believer in making a positive impact at every opportunity. 
And then I asked myself, how can I make, make better, bigger, positive impact? And I felt at that time that there was so much more that I could still do um, to finish what I started during my honours year. Because when I was in my final year of study, I did a small honours project. Mm-hmm. And that went relatively well, but um, it really opened up even more research questions. And my supervisor at that time then convinced me to come back to university and do a PhD. And I've always loved teaching. I've always loved imparting knowledge because both my parents were teachers. So growing up, it was always about what have you learned today? It was learning and and teaching. So then I thought, great, I will uh, work, continue to practice as a pharmacist whilst doing my PhD part-time whilst um, gaining some opportunity to work as a sessional academic, to teach, to, you know, to learn from the academics that I have so much respect for and to mm-hmm. teach um, students. And then at that time, what leadership meant to me was leadership um, opportunity when it comes to teaching, mm-hmm. to um, inspire, and I was trying to get the students motivated and trying to make students understand the relevance of what they're learning at university at that time to what's going to happen in real life practice. Because I can say at that time in 2009, I could say, look, I'm only I'm like you, I've just graduated, I can tell you this is what's happening out there in real life and this is why you need to really learn about what you're learning right now. And I, and I got a lot of um, joy out of, um, out of doing that because I, I really felt that was almost my calling at that yeah. time. So that was how I felt, like I was being a mentor to the students and the interns, but at the same time I was a mentee to my lecturers that have taught me for a long time, that became my colleague. So then I had someone to learn from. And of course, then at that time, in terms of research, um, I felt there was so much more that we could do when it comes to medication safety and breastfeeding. Mm. And that was a passion of mine at that time. And my supervisor at that time had a passion in breastfeeding. Um, she's a pharmacologist and I am um, a pharmacist and my passion is in medicine safety. So we sort of, how can we, you know, do both together? And at that time, again, I felt like I was growing my leadership when it comes to if I can do research, it means I can generate more evidence and more information. So the profession um, and clinicians can use that information to improve the care that they provide to someone else. But of course, I was a mentee to my supervisors that I'm highly grateful, you know, um, uh, very, very grateful for their support. And I'm, I'm, I'm also a mentor to other, you know, final year pharmacy students or interns who are interested in doing research. So that, that, that period of time, uh, for a good five years, was 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 what my work was immediately mm-hmm. post um, graduation. So that was um, around the two thousand and nine two thousand and ten period. Faye, it seems like lots was lots was going on back then. Um, just finished uni, um, had been you know considered to consider going back and doing your PhD, doing the academia, um, and you're talking also about your mentoring role that you had with the. Um, with the pharmacy students. So I'm hearing lots of, in an emotional intelligence sense, awareness of others and positively influencing the environment um, it is um, that, that you're in. I'm curious, what did you need within yourself to be able to confidently show up um, day after day in what seems like a pretty busy uh, time in your life? Yeah, so 
I, I always say this. I used to um I used to tell my pharmacy students the four P's in pharmacy, but if I can just draw one of the P's that I think is one of the most important one is purpose. Because mm. I think um I know we're all you know different people, but for for me, what works for me, and I think you know when I've had this conversation with a few other people, they they would go, ah, oh, that's actually how I think I you know I am as well, but uh, but. Um, it, it's unto when someone has, has this conversation with you that you actively put your mind to thinking about purpose. So what I mean by purpose, um, Chantel, you were saying, how can I, you know, still get up in the morning and get, still get going? And if I be a hundred percent honest, it does get exhausted. I'm not, you know, kidding. And I always think, you know, doing a PhD, uh, it's like a long endurance race because there isn't a, you know, when you're at university, someone would tap, tap on your shoulder every time when you, pass a test, for example, but when you do a big project like that, it's like a long endurance race. Um, so it does take a lot of tenacity, but it, it's absolutely doable and I highly encourage people to do that. But I, I think it's the purpose. Whatever we do in life, I feel like we have to have a very solid good purpose that you genuinely believe in. You genuinely believe in. Not a purpose that someone has given to you. Not a purpose that, you know, your parents have said you want to do or you need to do. Not a purpose that your lecturer has asked you to do. Not a purpose that you just read about. It has to be. Yes, you can gain information from all these different sources, but it must formulate your own belief in this particular purpose. And if you have that purpose, then every time when you're exhausted, when you've got setback, you come back to that purpose and you go, this is my goal, this is the purpose, this is why I'm doing this, and that that will keep you going. So the purpose in life, purpose in career, is something that is very important. And I do encourage you know everyone who's listening in now, you know, to take the time. Don't rush the purpose. If you already have a purpose, brilliant. If you if you feel like you wanna you might have a few things in your head, but you what you need to do is really gain clarity and consolidate this thinking and what you need is to invest in, even if it was half a day, go sit by the beach, go to go to an area where you've got a quiet time, you can sit there and just really give yourself the mindfulness time to really plan out what your goals are and what the purposes are. Sometimes the purpose is not exactly in pharmacy. Your purpose could be, I want to leave, um, you know, I want to make a positive impact to my patients. It could be mm. something like that. Or it could be, I want to make um, the local people in my area's life better. I want to make them feel welcome when they come into the pharmacy. I want to, it could be, you know, or it could be, I want to make sure that the next generation of pharmacists are inspired, right? It could be that, that sort of purpose. And then once you're very clear about that purpose, you then map out how you can get there and what you can do to achieve mm. that purpose. And of course, along the way, make sure that you surround yourself with people that um, can be really good mentors to you, people who think alike, people that can support you. And it's not just mentors that um, have already walked the path, but it's also surround yourself with your peers and have that support network, people who believe in um, together in what you do and then move forward in that regard. And, and that is also, you know, at that time when I was um, so straight after my PhD was when I was thinking to myself, after the five years, I was thinking to myself, right, then what next? Um, and I really love the whole academia world, but I still really love being in the pharmacy. And then I felt that that time, um, if I be completely honest, it was around about 2012, 
yes, 2012, 2013 was when I finished and submitted my PhD. And at that point in time, pharmacy was on the low. Mm. Pharmacy wages was low. There was minimal remuneration for any kind of professional, professional services. It was, we were in that zone at that time. But at that time, I, I felt that pharmacists could do so much more. So it's either I leave the profession, if that's what I really believe, or I'd be on the front foot and do, and do something about it. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I also felt strongly about how pharmacy, community pharmacy should be practiced. I have, I'm very stubborn like that in terms of <laughs> belief in a particular way of, of practicing community pharmacy, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of like being service-based and so on. So then um, at that time, there was an opportunity to become a partner um, to buy into a small pharmacy, um, and, and that's what I did. Um, and and the, the, the main reason as well is I really wanted that autonomy to practice pharmacy and to really bring along the team um, to create a pharmacy environment in terms of how I believe pharmacy should be practiced. And then at the same time, I was quite lucky to um, also get um, a, a position at uh, Curtin University. Mm-hmm. I also managed to do some work at that time, um, like sort of project works. And um, then I was elected to serve on the WA state of the PSA. Yeah. Um, and, and that's sort of how I, I started the, the next chapter. Yeah, such a fascinating story. And so the common thread there is really being sure of your purpose and being aware, self-aware to be able to make the time and draw back on that when things were getting a little bit challenging. Something that I tell um, people that I coach and through um, leadership development as well is that uh, our beliefs affect our behaviours, which affect our results. Uh, And so what I'm hearing when you're talking here is being really sure of those beliefs and being able to test them constantly. Is this the purpose that I'm looking for? And then when things are going a little bit pear-shaped, being able to draw back on that and then that's going to influence your behaviour to be able to continue to to get up and keep going and do the endurance race, as you call it, um, and then obviously reaching the end as well. No, I hundred percent. I I can't agree more. Definitely, and I, and I really I'm someone who I'm just going to share this um as well. I've I've got um I'm someone who believes in like positive affirmations to remind myself when I'm not feeling when I'm feeling a bit low. So this is what I have um at my office. Oh. Just just in my office at the door. Um, it's my favorite quote from um, Vincent Bango, and it says, "Great things are done are not done by impulse, but by a series of small things brought together." And to remember to smile, and <laughs> myself to remind myself to smile. So, um, I like you say, you know, um, Chantal, it's yes, finding that purpose. And um, I really love what you said there earlier around, you know, your thoughts affects your behavior and affects, you know, your mm. actions. Um, and, and to remember, you know, that we have to also be kind to ourselves, you know, leadership and our career and our life. It's a journey. Um, you don't do one thing and expect the next day you have a, like a clear result um, because Vincent Mango has said it, right? Like yeah. um, great things are done. Great things are not done by impulse but by a series of small things brought together. Oh, beautiful. I might need to steal that from my positive affirmations board too, Faye. <laughs> now, I'm, what I'm also curious now is 
we've spoken about the start of your career and how you identified really early on uh, your purpose and also the value of being a mentor and a mentee. So there was that really close connection with people around you. And then I assume moving into pharmacy ownership, you had that direct influence over um, peers, colleagues, staff as well to practice community pharmacy as you thought it should be done. That leadership there is really on that kind of one-to-one level. I'm curious, when you got to WA, PSA, and then now into your role, what leadership lessons that you learned from back then and what else did you need to learn to be able to exert your influence over people that may never have, you may never have spoken to or may never speak to as well? Yeah, the, the key, I think, is um, team really, really, not just saying it, but really genuinely internalise what teamwork means mm-hmm. and really do that, really practise teamwork and team spirit um, and also um, really um, feel that oh, and really acknowledge that we will always constantly be in a learning journey. Mm-hmm. So what I so and those two things come hand in hand because when I was first elected to serve as the WA state president, that was in 2017. Um, so I served uh, four years as the state president, um, and I I started as well, you know, being thinking to myself, I've never been a president before, I've never done this before because, you know, like nobody was born. <laughs> Having done president, no. <laughs> so I was thinking to myself, "Gosh, what have I done?" But it was, it was. I was. I'm very extremely grateful to the people around me at that time who not just believed in me, but also was willing to stay around me and mentor me, coach me, work with me. Um, and and those things are are what we need. And I think you know what people say to bring up. Um, a child takes an entire village. I think to bring up a leader, it takes an entire universe. It really takes um, the a whole team effort to to work together because if you are one person, the impact that you make is going to be minimal because I think a leader also needs to understand that a leader does not need to be and should not be the person that is good in every single thing. Because the, the, the key about being a good leader, I feel, is having the ability and the acumen to see the strengths and limitations of the people around you and facilitate um, an environment that creates a very good team dynamic where all these team members feel that they have a level and a sense of accountability but also responsibility and satisfaction about what they are contributing. And they need to also have leadership roles as well within their their, their work. So I, I always feel like a good leader should always work towards making themselves redundant. If, yes. if I'm because mm-hmm. they should be able to facilitate and inspire the people around them to become leaders in their own areas. Uh, but also not just that also work around the integration between these different people, these different leaders, and make them work really well together. Because we are all human. We all have our strengths, but we all have our limitations. I have a lot of limitations, um, but it's about how we can en- enable someone so we can enlist their strengths 
But if they have a, a particular limitation, work with them in terms of how we can maybe through professional development address the limitation or areas where they will require improvement and assist them and help them and surround them as well with people that can support them in that area. And then together we all grow together because you can't grow on your own, you have to grow together. And and I always feel like I'm, I don't know everything in the whole wide world. I'm still learning. And I believe, you know, I strongly believe even if someone um, is a retired president or even someone is in their 90s, I think, I think they are still learning as well. I think we're all learning and we can always continue to learn from each other. The, the, the concept I talked about earlier around being a mentor and a mentee at the same time, that model, not only is the mentee benefiting, the mentor is also benefiting because I think mentors yeah. learn a lot at the same time from their mentee. So it, it really is a two-way learning experience. So team spirit and 100% um, really believe in like lifelong learning and that always be humble that there's always someone else that would do things better than you. There's always someone that has greater ideas than you. It's, it's the ability and the um, and the humility for leaders to be able to open their heart and their minds to hear about the suggestions and the recommendation and advice from the people around them and then act on it. Yeah, oh, that's such sage advice for anyone in leadership, whether they're a pharmacist in charge um, right up to um, a national president as yourself. Um, in saying that, I'm really interested to know We've got some challenging times in pharmacy and you spoke about back in 2012-13 when pharmacy was at a real low and there seems to still be a lot of volatility, a lot of turbulence around pharmacy at the moment, which can, if I'm being perfectly honest, lead us to feel like there's a bit of a negative spiral. Um, while saying that, I firmly believe that we all have a role to play in being able to turn the tide on this and to create some positive ripples um, throughout our industry and beyond as well. So I'm curious to know what you think that individual pharmacists can do um, to help to lead our profession and locally as well to help to... Um, advanced pharmacy in general. They, uh, absolutely. I really like how you, you brought up the, the key here, the essence, is that mm. every single one of us in the profession, we have a responsibility, we have an obligation to our profession. And again, if we're not happy about certain things that is happening either externally to our profession or within our profession, then we all ought to do something about it. Instead of sitting back and feeling disheartened, we all have something that we can do to make things better. And and again, you know, success is whether um, someone can actually see the positive from a challenging situation. So I presume, you know, Chantal, you haven't used the word, but what you were referring to is the current challenge that we are experiencing at the moment in relation to the uh, proposal or the 60-day dispensing policy. Now, I'm not downplaying the potential significant consequences of the current policy in its current form. Mm -hmm. So for those, those of your listeners who and followers who have been following the PSA and, and my um, members' comms and social media would know about how we feel about this in its current form. But what I do want to point out is that there are ways and what we need at the moment is for the government to come back on the table and together collaboratively to find a pathway forward. Mm. Strongly 100% believe that that is 
you know, that that is what's going to get us there. And what I meant by pathway forward is that there must be meaningful reinvestment into the profession. You know, yes, I think our profession is very highly agile and highly adaptable. We've proven that time and time again during COVID-19, during the time when we had price disclosure, when we had different challenges thrown at us in terms of how we need to pivot and change the way we practice. And yes, you know, this time there could be a need that we need to change the way we practice. However, it, it, it should be demand driven. It should be driven by what our patients need. It should be driven by what our consumers that we service, that we care for need. But there needs to be meaningful reinvestment back to us to enable us to do that. And I made it very clear um, in my previous, you know, member releases that, uh, and when we speak to um, the, you know, EMPs on all sides of the government about the willingness of our profession mm. to work with the government and to find a pathway forward. So we 100%, you know, want, want to do that. And why do I say we need to do that? It's because we need to make sure that the pharmacy profession can continue to strengthen and contribute to a strengthening of the primary healthcare system mm. for a few things, right? Pharmacists can do more. Pharmacists should do more. Yep. Absolutely. And farm and the world and the health system and our patients need pharmacists to do more. But pharmacists can't do more for less. Because if the viability of the community pharmacy sector is threatened and is not able to continue to function, how would pharmacists be able to continue to do that? For the, for the community. Yeah. That's something that is something uh, that we really need to address because the way I'm seeing this is it's not just pharmacy that's affected, it's the entire um, strength of the primary healthcare system. And for a few reasons why I say, you know, I do feel like, yes, I'm not under under um, estimating and I do not want to downplay how significant this, mm. this is. But I do think that the healthcare system will continue to need pharmacists for a number of reasons. Number one, medicine use is on the rise. We know that every year in Australia, we spend billions of dollars, in particular financial year in 2022, um, $16 billion was spent on just PBS expenditure. Now, that's just PBS medicines. It doesn't include private medications, right? So we know that medicine use is significant in Australia, and we know that medicine use is on the rise. It's an upward trajectory. And we know, as a matter of fact, with multiple evidence, that whenever medicines are used, there's a risk of medication misadventure. Mm. Pharmacists and medicine experts and pharmacist intervention will go a long way to address medicine safety concerns. So... That's reason number one. We all, we're going to need pharmacists, right? Our health system needs pharmacists. Second reason is because we know that we've got an aging population. We've got an aging population in Australia. When you have an aging population, the healthcare need and access to medication importance is significant. It, and it's on the rise. It's not coming down. Again, we've got an upward trajectory there. So how can you ensure that Australian with an aging population can continue to access accessible and equitable healthcare and timely access to medicine is you need pharmacists. That, that absolutely, and we've seen that during COVID-19 that, you know, how much people need their pharmacists. Um, and the third thing is that is, is the primary healthcare capacity. So I know on the ground, and I can speak on firsthand experience, and all your listeners would agree to this, doctors and pharmacists work very well together on the ground. 
we and we need to work together really well because patients need us to work together really well and we do that we do that on the ground and we we support the gp workforce because we highly think that they are highly competent workforce that mm. needs support 100 the health system cannot um you, you can't have a health system without doctors you also can't have a health system without pharmacists okay but we i just want to make that very clear first but we know as a matter of fact that in australia at the moment there is not enough gps Yes, 100%, pour in resources to try and strengthen that workforce, 100%. But we know right now there's a GP shortage, there's a GP excess crisis. If you just look at statistics and evidence and data, the average wait time to get into GP has increased significantly. And in some rural and regional areas, the wait times have been reported up to six to eight weeks. Mm. In metro areas, it's, it's less than a week. But, you know, if you look at the areas, it's, it's, it's quite inconsistent and also if you look at the latest quilt graduate survey outcomes data that was only just released six months ago um, they did a survey on medical graduates and only 13.8 percent of them so less than 14 percent of medical graduates want to go into gp specialization mm. so even if you start to drum up the interest right now you're going to see at least six years before you can see that workforce being strengthened and and in such a critical time what we need is for every professional to practice the top of scope and i know minister butler of health minister has made that commitment that he wants to see mm -hmm. all health professionals practice top of school and he's also committed to a review on the um um it's called the scope of practice review for all, all healthcare professionals so that that those are the things those are the reasons why i think you know pharmacists will continue to be needed but we can't do more for less we need to be supported because i'm a strong believer that pharmacies are highly competent and pharmacies should be rewarded and pharmacies should have a rewarding career and career prospect and good remuneration. And that means salary. That means yeah. wages and work conditions. Yeah, and, and beautifully said. And <clears throat> hearing you talk about um, the challenge that we do have around 60-day dispensing, I think also speaks more broadly to the importance in leadership around self-management and being able to stay on top of industry trends um, and being able to be aware of where your position is. And I guess that comes back to your purpose um, as well. So thank you so much for, for sharing that and just highlighting to our, our audience that we are going to have a role to play um, regardless of what the outcomes are from 60-day from dispensing. Um, and there, while, as you said, definitely can't be underplayed, um, that there's also, you know, opportunity if we can get people to the table to have a conversation about this. Um, so bringing it back to your personal leadership I want to know um, if you were kind of ticking off what tools you're kind of using at this point in time to be able to create these connections. Um, what can you tell our audience, Your what leadership skills are you using to help to um, promote our cause in a positive light? Yeah, definitely. I also just remembered I, I didn't really fully answer your questions about what, you know, your listeners could do, you know, as pharmacists. So I'll quickly touch on that as well. Mm -hmm. So if, if your listeners share, you know, similar views, similar concerns, and if they feel comfortable, you know, speak to their local MPs because their local MPs are meant to represent them uh, mm. and, you know, and, and about what's happening on the ground. So um, bring to light what this means to them and what 
special needs in order to continue to provide that service and care to, to the patients um, and the community that they, they service. And if they're approached by their patients and the community, respond to them, help them understand mm. right, so what this means to them, what this means to you know the pharmacist and the, to the patients. Um, but also, I do want to point out how important it is to support each other. It's 100% important to support each other during this difficult time. Um, and and during, during um, you know, such a difficult time, it's so important that we have unity and solidarity within our profession. So support each other, help each other get through this difficult time. And there is the pharmacist support service as well that um, your listeners can, um, can call uh, for support and also for um, for um and also during this conversation as well to help bring to light um, what the roles that they play in their community because mm-hmm. I think pharmacists do so much great work but we don't always talk about that and we don't always sell ourselves to the community. It's only when people engage with a particular service that they realise, oh, you do that. I didn't realise that. I thought you just put, you know, do this and that. So we, we are not ticket clippers. We are not just someone who, you know, just doing mechanical stuff, dispensing, supplying of medicines. These are all clinical tasks. So bring to light to the people that pharmacists speak to about the role that they play, the impact that they have made. I'm sure they have many, many stories to tell. So mm. absolutely um, do that. And you're asking me um, after this about what I, you know, what do I do in leadership? What do I use? Um, I have to say, you know, maybe if you ask me about one thing, there's a few things. But I think maybe if you ask me about one thing, is maybe reflection and, mm. and mindfulness. So I, I promise one thing, but there's a few things. So <laughs> reflection, because I think sometimes, you know, when we are so into something, when we are so bogged down in a particular topic, when we are so tied up, so busy with our work, if we don't take time to sit down and reflect, there's no time for us to process the thoughts that are behind our mind. And there's also no time for us to be able to sit and go, right, this is what has happened. This is how I responded. This is what went well. This is what that didn't do so well. And this is how I'm going to do it better next time. So the whole reflection and reflective process mm. uh, is a very, I believe, it's a very powerful um, leadership skill. And and I, I, I strongly believe in that. And I challenge myself every night before bedtime. I will have my little cup of tea. Um, doesn't matter how tired I am. I was just, you know, lying on my bed. And I'm just going to give, I, I would literally give myself like 10 minutes. Think about the day. Think about what went well, what didn't go so well, and how would I do differently next time. So I think that that's a habit that we need to have. Yeah. It also, at the same time, when I do that, it allows me to be mindful. Because sometimes my mind, I'll, I'll admit that, my mind will go like, you know, like 200 kilometers per hour. Um, and it, there will be a discord between what my mind is going, the speed that my mind is going, and my actions and my feelings. Sometimes my feelings and my actions takes time to catch up. And if I do feel quite um, unsettled about that, you know, I would talk to my mentors, absolutely talk to my mentors to get some, it's like a reality check, talk to my peers, get a reality check. But also just have a quiet moment. Five mm. minutes mindfulness, just have a quiet moment. Use your five senses, observe what's around you, what you can see, what you can hear, what you can smell, what you can taste, and what you can feel. And just really that worked for me because it, it brings me back to reality mm-hmm. before I, you know, it almost resets my tone and then I can start again. 
That's a wonderful tool, an absolutely wonderful tool to share with our listeners. Faye, we have covered a lot of ground today, um, right from early career right up to our current day challenges. And the thread that I can really hear through all of this is that it takes a community. Um, and regardless where we are on our leadership journey, we are learning from someone and we are helping someone else learn along the way. And when we do this, um, it allows us to show up, it allows us to be present, it allows us to advocate for ourselves and also our profession in a really meaningful way um, because we're staying in touch uh, with each other, which also lends into the team spirit that you were talking about as well. So to round out this conversation, I ask all of my listeners one question. And that question is around, I am trying to build a leadership toolbox for all of our listeners, particularly pharmacists, pharmacy assistants, who's working within our profession. And I want to know if you had to put one tool in that you wanted everyone to have, what would it be? I think this is a hard one because I think that's a lot. It's tough. I think a team. Yeah. I mean, team, team is coming to my mind. Team spirit. Team spirit. And I think team spirit, not just team within your own working team, but also your team in life and your team in the profession. Mm. Because every one of us in the profession, we are one profession. And that, that speaks to unity and solidarity as well. So I think team. I think in your leadership journey, you should always think about team and team spirit. Oh, beautiful. And what a wonderful place to leave it. And it really sums up in one word what our whole conversation has been, which about this connection and community um, and team spirit, as you said. So thank you so much for your time. And I hope our listeners get as much out of this as what I have. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on the Pharmacy View podcast. And don't forget to like, share, and leave us a comment if you found this episode of value or have feedback. Podcast episodes are promoted through social media, LinkedIn, YouTube, and major podcast mediums. And each episode can be found on the Pharmacy View webpage with links to guest contact and business details. If you're a pharmacist or industry support supplier who would like to join us on an episode, send us a message through LinkedIn will complete an inquiry form on the Pharmacy View webpage. I am your host, Chantelle Turner, pharmacist, leadership coach, and founder of Turn Pharmacy Leadership. And on behalf of Shopfront Solutions and Arion Technologies, thanks again for joining us today on the Pharmacy View podcast.